and welcome to the Good Health Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Good, a registered nutritional therapy practitioner and functional medicine practitioner. Join me as we explore thyroid, brain and fatigue conditions with positivity. From Hashimoto's to multiple sclerosis, chronic fatigue to adrenal dysfunction, I've got you covered. With expert advice and tips to help you take action now and inspiring real patient stories from successful individuals who refuse to let their health hold them back. Start your journey to good health today. And don't forget to come and join the conversation on Instagram at good underscore health, that's G-O-O-D-E. Or visit my website at nicolegoodhealth.com to find out more. Today, I'm talking to my colleague and friend, Dr. Lafina. Lafina is a practicing GP and a lifestyle medicine doctor with her private clinic, Daya Health. Lafina trained at world-class universities in London, such as King's College for Medicine and UCL for a master's in brain and mind science as well as Sorbonne University in Paris for a master's in neuroscience. Before undertaking lifestyle medicine studies with the British Society of Lifestyle Medicine, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and Yale University. Lafina is hugely passionate about a holistic approach to healthcare and the benefits of lifestyle medicine, as well as her work in conventional medicine. Today, we're discussing the benefits of an integrated approach, the pitfalls of the medical and health system, particularly on chronic illness, and how lifestyle factors can hugely impact your health. Lafina and I are now working together to bring a fully integrated approach to our clients with a combined package to bring your care under one roof, which we discuss here, and you can also find the details of in the show notes below this episode. Let's jump into this conversation. Okay, Lafina, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, it's great to have you. So let's jump straight in. Let's start I'd love to start with talking about your journey from conventional medicine you still use conventional medicine but incorporating that lifestyle medicine into your practice and what was it that made you look at lifestyle approaches to support your patients what made you want to bring that into what you do on a day-to-day basis well I've been a doctor since 2007 when I qualified from medical school um and I came to GP, general practice, Uh, later on, actually was training in pediatrics for quite a long time before I decided to become a GP. So, you know, I've worked in medicine for 13 years now as a doctor and uh, for a, a GP for the last three. And I think when I discovered lifestyle medicine, it just, it just made sense is the bottom line because you know, when we think about chronic disease, 80% of chronic diseases are actually caused by lifestyle. So it it just makes no sense to me that we we sort of just treat the symptoms only generally in the conventional medical model. And what lifestyle medicine is all about is identifying the lifestyle factors that might be driving or even causing symptoms and disease. So it just makes sense that we treat, you know, the underlying causes of disease and we're not just sticking plasters on symptoms um, by prescribing pills. And, you know, by saying that, I don't mean to demonize medications. They're very useful. They're often absolutely necessary. But I think if we're looking at longer term health outcomes and preventing disease as well and staying well, which I know is a, a lot of the work that you do as well. Yeah, we, we really, really have to address our lifestyle factors. So it was when I discovered lifestyle medicine and discovered the massive evidence base that we now have for a lot of the recommendations that we make, it just um, it, it just felt 
like a natural next step. And it just felt like, you know, this was the reason that I really went into medicine. Um, the other reason is it's hugely holistic. And I've always had a holistic approach in my practice, but I just wasn't sure how to apply that in a structured way to my clinical practice. And it's hugely interesting because we deal with the four main pillars of lifestyle health, um, which are, you know, how we, how we, what we eat, our nutrition, our sleep, how we manage stress and movement or exercise. And you'll often find six or even eight pillars of lifestyle medicine um, that, that you can use. And we can talk about those later, maybe. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's an amazing way to practice. I think people definitely want a more holistic approach these days. I think they benefit a lot more from a holistic approach to, to health. And through practicing lifestyle medicine, you can really go on that journey with them as well. And we know that, you know, health really can be a journey. Um, it's, it's never easy to fix problems quickly. And I think all too often, particularly in the current medical system with, with all of its challenges and limitations, uh, sometimes you just don't really get the the longer term support that that you might need, um, and a, a lot of what we might need is actually support with behavioural change, which, as we know, is really difficult. So, I think all of those things, um, you know, I found really satisfying within lifestyle medicine, not only within you know the practice itself, but also the results that we can get. Yeah, I think that's it's a bit of a similar journey to what I had into functional medicine, except that I came from it not from the doctor's side, but from the patient's side. But I experienced, um, you know, a lot of those things where it was a case of I was I was getting a lot of, you know, putting sticking plasters over the top of symptoms and not really getting to the bottom of what was going on. And um, I mean, I've talked about this before, but it took me 15 years to get a diagnosis through conventional medicine. And I mean, you know, it was a hell of a journey. And it's not, unfortunately, it's not a rare journey. You know, it's something that I see now, with people all the time um you know and it, and it was and it was that case of I I need to find something else to help me on this longer term journey that I I couldn't get maybe just just from conventional medicine and that didn't mean that I didn't need conventional medicine but I, I maybe needed a, a like you said a more holistic approach but I just like to touch on something you mentioned that you you yeah. said you you mentioned the evidence base and this is something that I I get asked a lot, a lot, it comes up a lot, you know, like, is there, and I think sometimes I actually get asked this a lot by a lot of doctors, actually, I think they're sort of, are not maybe aware of, of the evidence that is out there now to support these things, because it's not, you know, it's not something that's taught in medical school, it's not something that they've, they've sort of studied, unless like you, they've got into lifestyle medicine. But yeah, can you just touch on, um, you know, the, the, the evidence base that's out there because there is evidence behind these changes you know there is now research being done you know I'm I'm reading research all day every day with functional medicine and I'm assuming you're doing the same with the you know with the lifestyle medicine side of things yeah absolutely so I, I guess when we talk about evidence in in western or conventional clinical medicine then we're talking about um an intervention so if it's a if it's a uh, medicine for example before a medicine comes to market it has to go through lots and lots of testing and clinical trials and you know we're, we're talking hundreds of thousands of of people being um, studied in clinical trials to see what the effect of a new medication might be and what the outcomes might be we're not talking about 
you know, a case study of 23 people trying a, a new face cream. And so it's really about not sort of what the evidence is. It's about the strength of the evidence. So we have a, a pyramid of evidence in terms of a hierarchy of what what is the, the the strongest possible evidence and the strongest possible evidence that we have when we're looking at studies would be something like a systematic review or a meta-analysis. Um, and these are huge, huge scale um, clinical trials or groups of studies that have been analyzed so that we can say, okay, you know, definitely we can show that there is a benefit to taking this medication. So previously we didn't really have that strength of evidence available, I think, for looking at lifestyle interventions. And so it made the the advisory part of um, guiding someone when it comes to their lifestyle holistically quite difficult because, you know, you'd say, well, do a bit, do some exercise or improve your diet. But we didn't really have a structured approach to doing it. So all of that became very woolly. And if you're on the receiving end of that, it's actually really hard guidance to follow. Yeah. Um, but now we actually we, we do have a lot of evidence for lifestyle interventions, whether that's whether that's exercise, whether it's nutritional advice, whether it's um, optimizing sleep quality or quantity. We've got tons of studies to back up the recommendations and we can make the recommendations in a very easy to follow structured way that we know works. And, and that's the same even when it comes to meditation. We know how so many studies in the fields of neuroscience to show the benefits of meditation on the brain. Um, and I think, you know, that's very satisfying for practitioners, but also for patients, because you can understand why these changes are going to help you get to where you want to be and, you know, how they might be affecting your body. Yeah. And I think I remember, you know, even at uni, it was like, we, the number of like meta-analysis and things that we had to look at to write pay, you know to write we had to do dissertations and write papers and all of this in within the nutrition and functional world mm. and you know I when I first started I sort of thought oh it might be hard to find these papers you know because I hadn't you know I was starting out hadn't done this before so I remember in year one I was like I was, you know this might be difficult there are so many now and actually as I move through studying just more and more were coming out each year and it is something now that is they're really doing a lot more research into a lot of these things there's a lot more people doing the research out there and I mm. think that does give people a lot more confidence um at, at the patients it gives them a lot more confidence in um trying these things and I think that's maybe why people are more aware of holistic approaches and things like that because they are seeing these things coming through yeah so how do you see the integration of conventional medicine, functional medicine, lifestyle medicine, nutritional medicine, all these things? How do you see these things benefiting patients with conditions? You know, maybe it's, you know, I work with people with thyroid or maybe chronic fatigue. I know you like working with people with things like anxiety and the symptoms that come off the back of a lot of these conditions that I work with. But how do you how do you see that benefiting patients? I think it really fills a gap that that we have in the current medical system. So, you know, for a lot of conditions, if they don't fit into a clear box, clear diagnostic box, or they don't have um, a very fast or clear treatment pathway, people can really get um, sort of fall by the wayside in, in the current system. So, you know, you mentioned chronic fatigue. That's that's a perfect example, I think often people go through a sort of diagnostic sieve 
medically where we, we do lots of tests, um, send them to lots of specialists um, to get opinions. And then finally, they might end up um, with a diagnosis of chronic fatigue. And there's very little sort of follow up guidance or support available. It's OK, you've got chronic fatigue. Um, here's some sort of advice or recommendations. But ultimately, they're just kind of left with this massive burden of symptoms. Uh, the same can be said, I think, for a lot of autoimmune pathology, where you might have an evolving autoimmune disease that's yeah. not reached diagnostic criteria yet. You may have normal blood tests. And that's what happened to me. That's That was so I exactly like you're saying, I didn't fit into the clear diagno diagnostic box. That was why actually both of the things you've just mentioned happened to me, because my journey wow. started with Epstein-Barr virus Um got into my nervous system chronic fatigue and all of all of that that was the that for me was the trigger of the autoimmune um a couple of years later I had that I started on that sort of autoimmune really started on that sort of autoimmune journey but I had it quite mild I didn't fit into any one box I that's why it took so long to get a diagnosis because I didn't there wasn't sort of I couldn't go to one doctor and tick all the boxes to get a diagnosis because I I didn't it was um and it was early days with the autoimmunity and that you know we know from a functional perspective we you know we we look at um we can do auto antibody testing and that mm. testing shows up these antibodies you know maybe 10 years before you would be even symptomatic and yeah. you know these things were going on in my body and i didn't know this at the time because i didn't understand any of this at the time but these things were going on in my body but i wasn't at disease state i hadn't reached the you know tick the boxes in a diagnostic box get a diagnosis and you know get the help that I needed I wasn't there but all these things were going on and like you said there was this you know, wealth of symptoms and yeah um, you know the people with autoimmune and chronic fatigue get a lot you know they have a lot of those sort of a mix of symptoms that they just can't quite nail down to one diagnosis yeah and it's a real shame because I think when you're when you're in that sort of disease state you're it, it's it's a real window of, of opportunity for reversing a lot of those changes because yeah. you haven't reached the diagnostic stage and of course there's a lot we can do once if someone does reach the diagnosis stage to manage uh, and reduce symptoms but you know if we can prevent things from go going that step further i mean you, you know it's uh it, it's just it's just such a shame that um people get left in this sort of no man's land and and they just don't know where to turn or, or what to do next, really. So I think I, I've I've always had quite an open-minded approach to alternative therapies, to other disciplines, as long as they don't cause harm. Yeah. In the uh, first uh, first most important point, but secondly, I think you know people need support in that very difficult phase, and through sheer desperation, they start to search, and so they do start to find you know or, or probe into different fields of medicine or holistic health that they think might help them and any one of us would do exactly the same and I think that's where um, blending therapies can actually be really really helpful and you know we can combine people often combine lots of diff different um, treatments you know acupuncture is one example people use acupuncture for stress or they use acupuncture for pain um, they might be using a little bit of conventional medicine. They may be seeing a psychologist. You know, we do that all the time and there's nothing wrong with that. And it works very well, actually. So I think through having that open minded approach, I started to learn a lot more about uh, different ways 
to treat disease. And it's sort of functional medicine is always something I had on my radar. I didn't know a lot about and it, it kind of kind um, of inspired an interest. And I've since realizing there's a lot of different ways that we can work together um, as practitioners for our yeah. patients. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the sort of success stories of patients of yours where you've maybe combined this integrated approach that has helped them. You know, you've maybe used conventional and lifestyle medicine to support people. Is there any sort of cases, obviously we'll anonymize them, but is there any cases that you can, you know, share with us where that's had a benefit for people? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, I mean, luckily I do this every single day now. So almost every single person that comes into clinic you know I'll assess, I'll assess the situation we'll go into lifestyle medicine in in sort of great detail or we'll just lightly touch on it depending on what's relevant to them um anxiety and depression are some of my favorite symptoms to treat and lifestyle medicine works really really well um one recent case uh, a lady i met quite a few months ago now initially she came in and um was just really really depressed and really really tired so you know if if I explain to you how we use the lifestyle medicine approach I'll do a conventional medical assessment assess all of the symptoms clinical examination and and then I'll suggest usually some blood tests so in this case I did a what we call a tiredness screen so it's a general screen where we're looking at um, the health of the thyroid vitamin mineral deficiencies um as well as the basics like your full blood count iron levels and that sort of thing and because i I think a lot of people when they assess mental health they don't necessarily think of uh, the biological causes reversible symptoms so sometimes you know if you have an underactive thyroid you can start to feel really depressed or if you're very deficient in vitamin d (laughs) and if somebody is not yet diagnosed with something like that with like Mm -hmm. the thyroid for example but the symptom that's coming out especially if it's an autoimmune case and it's been going on for a while the symptom that comes out sometimes is something like anxiety or depression yeah and that's what they go to the doctor to treat as opposed to going to treat the thyroid because they don't know they've got that yet yeah. so they they then end up sort of on anxiety meds but actually if they sorted out the thyroid issue behind it then the anxiety would actually die down and maybe they they would be able to you know reduce those anxiety meds or or come off them um but that's that sort of gets missed and I think that's the beauty of what you're doing is you're looking at your that whole sort of body approach like we do in functional medicine yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Actually, this is such an interesting case because there was there were so many issues to tackle, and we, you know, we obviously just started to tackle one at a time. But um, this particular patient actually had; uh, she was quite anemic. She was severely iron deficient, um, severely d- vitamin D deficient. Uh, she was also deficient in folate. Um, we treated the root, started to treat that, and address the root cause, which was actually fibroids which are sort of a, a benign tumor that bleeds a lot so she had really heavy really painful periods um so you know obviously that at some point needs fixing so we refer- referred her to gynecology for that mm-hmm. we started to treat the deficiencies um within the lifestyle assessment it became apparent sleep and stress were major major issues which had been triggered by kind of earlier trauma um and she was also very overweight, which was something she wanted to address. But 
all of these all of these things they feed into the other because you know if you're feeling really tired and so sluggish because basically you're anemic and iron deficient um you're not sleeping well because your job keeps you up really late mm-hmm. <laughs> you have very high stress levels which then impacts your behavior so you know your food choices are different you don't feel like exercising you know we just go round and round and round and round in circles um so you know fast forward several months later um she's doing so much better depression symptoms have basically almost disappeared so we we didn't even start um antidepressants um and or, or talking therapy actually in this in- instance um she's made lots of changes to her lifestyle the deficiencies are correcting and you know things are moving in the right direction we haven't solved everything overnight it's a journey as we said earlier yeah but we're tipping away at things and overall there's been a huge improvement so you know we can and this is through lifestyle intervention as well as conventional medical intervention and and you know I do this really really often the same goes with anxiety so sometimes it's about the patient's choice and ultimately you know no one no one should be pressured or forced into doing anything some people come in with very severe anxiety and what they have on their mind they want a pill and you know they want an antidepressant to help um other people really want to try it holistically other people want to try you know both both uh they want a bit of the best of both worlds yeah <laughs> and and you know that's that's our job it's our job is to guide to provide information and help someone to make an informed decision about what they want to do about their health and then to support yeah. them along the way yeah and i i see this a lot with my thyroid patients uh, i think that's probably where it's one of the areas where i see most interaction that i i need with gps because as we do things on you know with thyroid the medication with thyroid works on sort of one part of those thyroid pathways and what we do within functional medicine is look at the full pathway and as we work on other things you know maybe it might be the com- the conversion that's going on in the body of of the hormones or you know whatever it might be we look at the full sort of pathway we look at the underlying autoimmunity and as we work on those things actually we can see the markers within the bloods improving a lot of the time in a lot of cases so i had a case recently and actually her markers went down where she was they look completely normal so if you'd have looked at the markers at this point now she was still on um, medication at this point still on thyroxine but her markers went down to completely down to normal which she was thrilled with and we carried on working on she had a lot of gut issues and we worked on those she had uh, she actually had a parasite in the gut so we worked on eliminating that as we started doing these things we started seeing the, the figures on the blood tests were improving and they actually then started to dip the other way so they were actually because wow. and purely because now she was actually she was she was in a better position she was healthier but when she went back to her gp and this was this was one she went back on her own to her gp um and she wanted to discuss the medication and she took the new blood test results and he was like oh no but you're hyperthyroid you need to stay on you'll, you'll be on medication for life you need to stay on it and he wouldn't change her medication and she came back to me and she was quite disheartened I think by that because I think she was expecting to go and sort of feel that it something might change and obviously I don't I don't do the medication side of things um and in the end she went privately saw a GP and the GPs lowered her medication she's still on some thyroxine but lowered it she's on a much lower dose now and her levels came back up they're now completely normal she's on a much lower dose of thyroxine she's still got to do all the stuff to support herself on the holistic side she can't stop doing that 
So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's an ongoing journey for her and she needs to keep working on that. And she is doing, and she's doing amazingly well with it. And she's worked on, like you're saying, stress and sleep. And she had to alter her behavior with work a lot as well with this case. You know, this was, um, you know, something that she really, she was, she was working really late into the evenings and was that was having quite a significant impact on her, even though she loved it and she loved her job and she didn't realize it's, it was not the first thing that came up. It sort of came up a little bit later. It, it crept out in a conversation. She was like, <laughs> actually, I do, I do work quite late. It's sort of, you know, it's like it came out and, but she'd not mentioned it because it wasn't something that was bothering her. She loved it. Yeah. And yeah. She, she felt that she actually works well late, you know, but actually yeah. as she's, stop that she's realized how much it's improved her stress improved her sleep she can exercise more she's making better nutrition choices because she's sleeping better you know and all this sort of thing and actually that helped us to get on top of um, a lot of the nutrition changes that we needed to do to support the gut health that was going wrong and she had yeah. some hormonal imbalances as well that we worked on and all of that as as a whole picture help to balance out these um you know the thyroid markers and it, it's it is amazing to see I, lo- I love that when you see somebody it, it's I think it's when they come back and you see kind of almost the joy in their face of like oh actually things are starting to work and they're starting the to get it really yeah. is isn't it? it's just so rewarding you know to see people getting better and you know I, I I love that story Nicole because you know, I think we see that so often. So many of us, you know, we get into habits with our lifestyles, working late, burning their candle. Mm. Um, you know, it's, all, it's all about our choices and, and you know, what the sum of those choices is. And sometimes we just don't realise the impact that they're having. And it's these little tweaks as well as, you know, conventional, let's say, medications, medical therapy, um, that can have such a huge impact on on our well-being our overall well-being as well as you know the actual condition that you might be focusing on so that's just brilliant and you know it's we've talked about cases that are probably quite complicated but they're we um we can also treat really straightforward problems so I mean I saw someone I remember with quite high blood pressure Mm -hmm. a little bit overweight um but not really many other risk factors and I was thinking what what's going on with what was going on with this blood pressure it was actually when I was a, a trainee um, and I think if I hadn't had the lifestyle medicine training, I probably wouldn't have been as rigorous in my um, lifestyle assessments. And actually by looking into his lifestyle factors and, and um, assessing them, just like we would any other any other symptom, we actually discovered there were sort of two major things driving his high blood pressure. Um, the one was caffeine. Uh, it was an insane amount of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> the other was stress and perhaps a little bit of sleep deprivation you know work related again um he was definitely at the level where we could we could treat with medications but he wanted to try a holistic approach first so immediately reduced the caffeine um started working on stress and actually just within a couple of weeks his blood pressure had normalized that's i mean that's incredible isn't it when you think if you actually just think about that you know that's that is somebody who could have gone to a GP, been given blood pressure medication, been yeah. on that then for life. Yeah. And actually within two weeks of taking a more holistic approach and being yeah. open to everything, within two yeah. weeks actually his blood pressure was coming down. I mean, that is that is really quite incredible when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. And of course, you know, things like high blood pressure, they don't always have symptoms. So you may not right. know that you have high blood pressure, just the way that you may not know that you're 
um, blood sugar balance is kind of creeping up to, you know, pre-diabetic level or even nearing the type 2 diabetes level. And, you know, fortunately, this, these things are reversible if we catch them early enough. Yeah. Um, and cholesterol. I see, you know, I see cholesterol, I work yeah. as well, as well as working with people who have, you know, a diagnosable sort of disease. I work with people who are wanting to optimize their health. So maybe they are, like we've said, they're the, you know, the high flyers, they're working really long hours, you know, and all of this sort of stuff. And they're maybe a bit burnt out and they mm-hmm. can feel maybe a few things starting to creep in. And I work with people like that as well. And, you know, quite often when we do like screens and things like that, we find a lot of things that they don't know they've got, like you've just said, you know, cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, uh, mm. you know, all of these things that 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 actually are underlying starting off, you know, starting to creep in and cause issues that they don't necessarily know are there. But if you can if you can jump in and work on those, uh, particularly early earlier on, um, which is what I'm doing with those patients, I'm particularly working with them on a sort of preventative kind of approach um you know it's amazing the results that you can see it really is it really is and it's so important because again you know when you have these um abnormalities let's say in your in your blood tests um quite early on you won't have any symptoms you may you know may not be particularly at risk of of um serious illness but you know the the four that we've just mentioned you know um obesity high blood pressure high cholesterol and high blood sugar levels, these are the four main drivers of serious chronic illness um, and increases your cardiovascular risk. So your risk of having heart attacks, strokes, dementia, which people often forget is actually, you know, often a cardiovascular disease, um, inflammation in the body, metabolic syndrome, um, and lots of other lots of other illnesses. So it's well worth optimizing as far as possible um as early as possible really yeah I've been doing a lot of work recently actually on um I've been doing extra training extra extra study on prevent on preventative methods for things like Alzheimer's dementia because obviously I work with brain health I work with neurological disease things like this so it's a sort of natural progression I guess for me is is moving as I'm moving into doing a lot not not moving I'm doing as well as doing a lot of this preventative sort of thing yeah obviously looking at brain health is is a huge part of that preventative um method and uh, so I've been doing a lot of a lot of study into sort of longevity and performance Mm. and you know protecting yourself from things like Alzheimer's and you know dementia and all these things that that come up and it's amazing how those little markers and you know things that you can if you can keep them in optimal ranges how much lower your risk becomes of developing things like chronic illnesses and also things like you know the, the dementia and things like that yeah yeah absolutely so what are what are the challenges that you have faced incorporating lifestyle medicine into your practice so I mean I think incorporating lifestyle medicine has been it's been a natural step for me so I haven't found you know difficulty personally there's no sort of internal resistance to it it was a very natural next step um probably within the conventional medical system actually one of the the way I think I I discovered lifestyle medicine was actually another doctor talking about it when I was a junior doctor um and unfortunately it was in a in a kind of negative way and I think that's (laughs) largely due to a lack of knowledge um around it and a lack of training and I think there was some passing comment someone said oh yeah you know well lifestyle medicine you know it's it's just common sense really isn't it and you know, I don't 
disagree with it because it, part of it is common sense. But if it was common sense, everyone would be doing it. And I yeah. think that largely ignores, you know, how hard modern life makes it to make common sense decisions. Um, food environment being one. Yeah. Nutritional choices. Sometimes it's difficult to actually access or be able to afford the foods that that supports your health and it's education as well isn't it I think yeah you know if we're if we're not educated as children even you know, maybe if if we grow up in you know a household where people you know they don't know much about nutrition for example or um you, you know we're not taught as children then we grow up not you know, where are we going to learn that from you know yeah. so it is education as well a lot of you know a lot of what a lot of what we do is educating people it, it absolutely is um but it's a shame because there are still some people, you know, that, that think that way because they're, they, they're not aware of how to counsel people um, on lifestyle interventions, as I call them. You know, a lifestyle intervention really should be considered the same as a, a pharmacological intervention. Yeah. Um, we need, really need to look at this, this sort of protocols as as treatment. So exercise you know, can be treatment. We, we know that exercise can be just as effective as other forms of therapy in mild depression, for example, which is, yeah. I think, just incredible. It speaks for itself. Um, so I suppose there's a little bit of sometimes some resistance there in terms of um, the medical community and their assumptions. And and that what that means is, you know, it translates into how other doctors or practitioners might be um, advising their patients and they might miss a vital piece there actually that could really help someone in terms of their health journey and their outcomes. Um, the the other thing I suppose is that there's often a lack of continuity in the yeah. current medical system. I mean the way medical professionals communicate with each other unless it's a very acute case you know in the hospital where people are working in teams. I'm talking more about community medicine here unless people are very unwell, um, mentally unwell, or um, they're socially very vulnerable for whatever reason, where we have planned team meetings yeah. in the community. Most of the correspondence is via email or or letters. We, we kind of don't get together, you know, maybe that often to talk about people on a case-by-case -case basis, just because there are too many, you know, in NHS GP work, we get 10 to 15 minutes per appointment, depending on the practice. And this is really we're talking predominantly here about these these sort of chronic illnesses, aren't we? Or these yeah, um, yeah, cardiometabolic kind of disorders and yeah. things like that. Yeah, and I think probably people are you know they're very focused okay, on okay, what's the disease? What stage are they at? What's the treatment? Okay, they're on this treatment protocol. Great. So a lot of the lifestyle medicine stuff might kind of get missed in terms of us focus on focusing on it as really important. Like, okay, so how are they doing with that exercise regimen? How are they doing, you know, with diet? Like, let's really give some support here um, for when people kind of meet those challenges or or kind of fall off the wagon a bit, need some extra support. Um, so I think that's that's probably, you know, within medicine, the, the difficulties in implementing it. And I guess from the patient side, sometimes people are just looking for a quick fix. And of course, there is no quick fix. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's where behavior change comes in. And, you know, we've got to remember our brains are so lazy. <laughs> yeah. Our brains love predictability. They love patterns and they love routines. And so all of our habits, whether they're bad habits or good habits, 
their habits and it's very easy for the brain to lean on and just go into autopilot so whenever you're trying to change that <laughs> it creates some resistance within the brain because the brain has to do new things to form those new pathways so that those behaviors become automatic behaviors just like driving a car you know from we drive a car we don't even think about it we're on autopilot and it's exactly the same with behaviors so i think sometimes for some some patients um hearing the lifestyle advice there may be a little bit of internal resistance there to yeah. actually find some of those things out because maybe because of previous experiences where it hasn't worked because the advice and support wasn't really at the level um, that would adequately support them. Um, maybe actually because they are looking for a quicker fix. And again, because of the way Western medicine has evolved, um, which is you have a symptom the treatment's going to be a pill, a magic pill that you take requires very little effort and, you know, everything's going to change. There's already that sort of default. That's what I need. And that's what I want to get. And again, that's fine. You know, it's about being holistic. It's about, um, you know, the patient being uh, leading what they, what, what in terms of what they want to do with their health. But um, often, I think we need to kind of change our our approach to health and, and the kind of solutions that we present and the way that we're presenting them for to make that easier for people. Yeah, I always say to people, you know, sometimes people come back and they're like, oh, you know, I've really struggled to do this. Why have I found it so hard? And this is maybe, you know, after two weeks of them trying. And I'm like, well, if you think about it, how long have you been doing the alternative? Because they've probably been doing that for, you know, 10, 20 years. So that habit, it's taken you that long to make that habit and you've been doing it for that long as a habit. So, you know, it's it's not going to take a week to break that. You know, that's something that's so ingrained in you and it does take time. And and, yeah. and that's why I work on packages rather than one-off appointments. Same. That, yeah, that's why I work on packages instead of one-off appointments because it's, it is, you can't do much in one appointment. You know, it's our appointments obviously are a lot longer. I have 60, 90 minutes with people. But still, it's going to take, you know, they're going to go away, make the changes, and then we need to help them to continue that and continue that journey and and carry on with that process. And, you, you know, that's why that's why packages work. And if people ask me the question, you know, that's I always say I won't do a one off appointment because I can't get you the results that you want in that time. Yeah. And I want you to walk away with results. That's, yeah. that's my goal. Yeah. And I think that's the mindset piece as well. Like we all need a shift in mindset as whether we're the patient or whether we're um, with a practitioner in that, um, you know, this is a treatment. So let's say meditation, um, if we use meditation as like a circuit breaker in anxiety or in stress, of course it doesn't work straight away. And of course mm. it's frustrating. And that in itself comes with a lot of preconceptions that, you know, someone has to meditate and reach some kind of subliminal state within 10 minutes and have a distraction-free mind. That's impossible. And then they get no stressed one. about that, don't they? That no they've one has managed that. to do it, you know? Yeah, and I will say to people, look, this won't work immediately. But with consistency and with you knowing how it works, it's going to be a circuit breaker. We're creating new pathways. We're deactivating the emotional center. This, and we know from the from the science, from the studies, that it works. Treat it as a treatment, just like oh, I'm going to take my antidepressant every day, or I'm taking my omega three supplement. You know, this yeah. is a treatment. Okay, commit to it and just do it consistently, and then we'll look at the results you know, in eight weeks time or in 12 weeks time. Um, so it's it's changing a little bit our mindset around that, I think really helps a lot. Yeah, it is. So 
off the back of you know both of our experiences we've actually we're coming together and doing some work together um, as practitioners (laughs) which is really exciting and we're our goal is to bring together you know like we've said this is a holistic approach it's not about choosing you know one or the other it's about having everything available informing the, the patient and letting them be able to choose what they want which road they want to go down and it's for us it's about bringing together conventional medicine lifestyle medicine medicine nutritional medicine functional medicine all of these things you know under one roof and we are we're bringing out a package a combined package together whereby people will be able to you know see both of us we will be able to communicate between ourselves with the with the patient as well and have everything under this this one roof for people and really help to manage these sort of chronic conditions that struggle um you know in other ways so yeah I think I'm really excited about this I really can't wait and it's it's really come about from from the fact that we've referred to each other haven't we a lot yeah that's right you know there's so many um so many instances actually before we were working together that um as we were talking about earlier people who kind of fall by the way by in terms of the conventional medical boxes and diagnoses um and I think identifying you know your own um limits limitations we all have them none of us know everything um and really knowing that it's about combining expertise it's about using all of the tools available um and basically giving someone the support that they need at the right time and not disappearing off the scene you know and um, so often you know i've referred patients to you who i've realized i've sort of reached my maximum in terms of what i can offer at that stage and actually they need a little bit of help in the interim um and you know you're someone i've i've followed for a long time now i i know i trust i like what you do i understand it um and i know that your your own patient journey within the conventional medical system and within functional medicine i know that you can give people what they need um so it's you know that was that's been really satisfying and actually we found we you know we kind of brainstormed a little bit on on those cases and it was very enjoyable for us, but I think also for our patients, knowing that we were kind of both on board, you know, formally handing over um, our case to one another and saying, hey, this is where we're up to. This is what we've done. This is where I think, like, I, I think they need some help. Um, those discussions were really fruitful. And 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 I guess it led to where we are now, where we decided to actually just design a package together to be able to offer people that that extra layer of support and ultimately you know two heads are better than one always yeah and it means we won't actually need to hand off to each other we will be able to both work with somebody and we will still talk behind the scenes we'll have you know we'll be able to share case notes we'll be able to have discussions behind you know outside of appointments and things like that um we're actually and we're going to do a joint um initial consultation as well so that we can really give people that full um approach and I think you know, for me, it's been about finding, I get so many people who come to me who are like, I really need to find, because I still, you know, as much as we use functional medicine, a lot of people, we still need conventional medicine. And particularly if they've got, you know, certain conditions that I'm working with, you know, sort of a lot of the neurological things or the um, thyroid cases, you know, we still need, we still need the conventional medicine. And they're desperate to find a doctor who is open to them taking a holistic approach and that's that's something that I've struggled with working with with um a lot a lot of patients is that they are looking for mm. 
that. And that's what I found in being able to refer to you was I know that I can refer to you and you are someone who is going to look at this as you know, a whole holistic approach, look at the whole body. And that works with what I'm doing with them. But I think in in working together and bringing this package out together, what we're going to be able to offer people is more of that continuity that we know is is missing. And, yes. You know, they get everything under that one roof. And I think that's just really important for people. I know from having been on, like you said, you know, I've been on the patient side of this. And if I could have had somebody or or some people who were helping me all under one roof, who knew what was going on on the conventional side and on the functional side and bringing everything together, that would have just been so hugely beneficial for me. And I'm really excited to to be able to bring that to people now, to other people who are going through that journey. Absolutely. I can't wait. I can't wait. And, you know, again, I meet patients all the time. They're already doing it. But again, it's it's siloed, just like in conventional medicine, you see a gynecologist, then you see an endocrinologist, then you might see a neurologist, and none of them speak to each other. There's not that continuity, and people sort of go specialist shopping to try to get a diagnosis or the right treatment, and it's all very compartmentalized. Um, you know, just a few weeks ago, I had a lady who, she was seeing a functional medicine, medicine practitioner, actually, for um, symptoms of the menopause, but, you know, she also wanted HRT. Um and, you know, I think that the lack of contact and discussion around that between practitioners can be um, quite difficult from the from the patient perspective, but also from a treatment perspective, because, you know, we all need to be on board with what the plan is for the patient for it to be truly holistic and that, also for it to work and to um, to prevent, you know, any any unnecessary stress or any any wrong moves going down the wrong path. Yeah, especially when the things we're talking about here are usually lifetime conditions things that you know people need to uh they're either chronic illnesses or they're things like you know the the blood pressure and things like that where we want to get on top of them for the you know for their life to help them keep keep those things as optimal as possible so they are long-term sort of issues um as opposed to sort of the you know the acute more sort of urgent issues yeah yeah, and I'm uh, I'm really I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be hugely beneficial for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, and like you said, you know, I I I know I can I can send people to you, and I I trust you, you know, wholeheartedly in doing that. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great a great journey. And I think just to bring together everything, you know, in one space. And you know, like you said, even if it comes down to referrals, to have you know you can re- you can refer out to consultants as we need and things like that we can work with the Absolutely. consultants that they're already under but you can also review everything that's going on with with the different you know branches of medicine you know so we can we can have they can have that one port of call to Absolutely. you know that one person that they can reach out to and sort of have a conversation with and I think that's just really important Absolutely and the same from the you know nutritional perspective um you know that's not something that's within my area of expertise in terms of you know nutritional supplements or nutrigenomics and it's great to be able to have your expertise when it comes to that and 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 guidance around that so yeah I think um I think it's gonna be a really beneficial package and experience for for our clients which is gonna be great yeah I do too and I can't wait and um so what what I'd like to just finish with, and this is this is a question that I'm asking everybody on the podcast um, as that's sort of the last final question is, 
And we will put the details of those packages. We're going to put them below in the show notes. If, if people are interested, they can they can jump to the show notes and get those, uh, get the details on that. Um, but the last question I really just want to ask you is, what would you like people who are listening to this conversation to walk away with? What's the what's the sort of final message? The one thing, if they if they don't get anything else from this, they just get one thing from this. What would mm-hmm. you love for them to walk away with? Mm-hmm. I think. People often forget that they are the expert when it comes to their own health. And I, I've listened to so many patient stories recently at um, actually at medical events where the patient has come and, and talked about their experience. And, you know, often you may be in a state of sort of confusion or, or, or just feel lost, not know where to turn. But ultimately, I think, you know, trust yourself. You you do know you will know what you need. Sometimes it takes, it's a journey of exploration. Um, and we're often affected by other people's opinions, you know, doctors' opinions about maybe holistic medicine or um, friends' opinions about different aspects of your health or what you should be doing, influencers online. Um, I would say, you know, proceed always with caution. Um, try to Try to seek out people who have relevant experience, who are qualified who have the expertise that you're looking for um you know always be safe but don't be afraid afraid to blend so to you know blend different disciplines you know whether that's um some sort of holistic approach like ayurvedic medicine or lifestyle medicine or functional medicine a bit of conventional medicine it is possible to have the best of all worlds and we're so lucky i think these days we've got so many different options to choose from in terms of how we address our health and there are lots of benefits um that can be gained from from being open-minded and from from using that blended approach and it's there's no you know right or wrong here uh so i i would i think that's what i that's what i would advise don't be afraid to blend and just remember that you are the expert when it comes to your health i love that i think that's a really important message for people to go away with Lafina, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you. And going forward, I'm really looking forward to working with you more as well. Um, oh, like I said, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to chat as always. always. <laughs> and um, yeah, like I said, we're gonna put the we're gonna put the details below in the show notes. But thank you so much. Really enjoyed it today. And I really hope that it's been beneficial for people out there to to hear from both sides. I think that's really important. Yeah. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Good Health Podcast. Do share the episode with anyone who you think it may benefit or who may enjoy it. And help me spread the word by rating the episode or leaving a review. If you want more, you can find other episodes in the series on your podcast app or sign up to my free newsletter. Not only will you get information on new episodes launching, but we cover lots of health topics with the Ask Nicole section where you can send in your questions, my favorite recipes, my favorite products, tips and tricks to help you on the road to good health and much more you can sign up free of charge at nicolegoodhealth.com forward slash newsletter also linked below i hope you have a lovely week don't forget to hit subscribe and i'll see you next time